Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses, South Shore, Gulf Coast, online. I want to welcome all the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and St. Tammany Parish Jail as well every week. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? So excited to have every one of you with us. We are excited. We're finishing up today uh, a series on vision. Everybody say vision. Man, it's been a good series. I trust it's encouraged you. By the way, if you miss any of the messages ever, uh, you can always go online and download the podcast. Again, we do give CDs away free at all the campuses. But I do want to say uh, to all the campuses, next week, I'm going to be starting a new series on the Holy Spirit. Very, very excited about that. I'll be teaching for three or four weeks on the, who the Holy Spirit is, what He wants to do in our lives Uh, the importance of the Spirit's work in our lives, recognizing. A lot of times, listen, the Holy Spirit's working, but we don't recognize His work in our lives. So I'm going to be teaching how that we can recognize the Spirit of God operating in our lives. You don't want to miss that. All right, here we go. The uh, fourth and final message. I want to talk to you today about vision. I want to talk to you today about corporate vision. Corporate vision. How it is that we can walk, quote, and not only God's plan for our life, but how we can corporately fulfill God's dream and vision and what we're building together. Now, I want to say again the definition of vision, all right? Here it is. Vision. It's an internal picture of a preferable future. That's what vision is. Again, for the Christian, we're not just a mind, but we also have a heart. So it's God's breath, his breath, his vision he puts in our heart, in our minds. It's it's a picture on the inside that we see of a preferable future. Again, I've used the term vision, dream, purpose, the will of God, all of those terms, analogous terms. Again, God's dream for your life, God's vision for your life, God's purpose for your life. All right, week two. Week two, I talked about goals. What are goals? Here they are. Goals, then, are the stair steps that we take on the process of fulfilling the vision, fulfilling the dream in our heart, fulfilling what God put on the earth. We need goals. Vision speaks of this grand big thing, but the goals are the daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly steps that we take in the fulfillment of that. It's interesting, I was writing down my goals one time and I realized something about goals. Here's what I realized. I realized that apart from taking a run by myself, going running, all of these goals that I had, all these steps that I had, including other people. It was amazing. I, I began to realize, wait a minute, I couldn't fulfill this unless somebody else helped me. I couldn't fulfill this unless I was in relationship with somebody else or somebody was mentoring me or somebody gave me advice. And I began to realize something about God's vision, God's purpose, and God's goal for our lives. Is that we really are better together. I know it's a cheesy slogan that people use, but it's a biblical concept. You know, I said week one that that God's vision for our life, don't miss this, it's so big that it pushes us to a point of prayer where we need God's help to fulfill God's dream. Let me add something. We also need others' help to fulfill God's dream. Now, I'm an American. I love being an American. I I appreciate all of that. And uh, I'm very proud of my country. And, And there's this thing called the American dream. Again, I understand the foundation of our nation. I understand where that even came from. And, and I understand that, 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 that anybody can fulfill because of how our country's been. And it's amazing. But one of the things that I think that we need to make sure of is that we have to understand it's not just rugged individualism. It's a collective reality that we need other people to help us along the way. 
The fact is, is that Abram, God had a dream for him to be the father of the Jewish people. But, but he couldn't do that by himself. And God has put things in your heart that are big dreams to build something, to become someone, to do something. But you need other people in your life. It's interesting whether you set out, to, I'm going to build a great marriage, or I'm going to build a great business, or uh, to glorify God, or, or I'm going to, you fill in the blank. One of the things I've realized is that we, listen, we need other people. Now, I'm going to talk about a couple terms here, all right? Because this is a biblical concept. This is in the Bible. Now, these words themselves are not in the Bible, but the concept is everywhere. Let me give you one word. You guys ready? Here it is. Cooperation. Think about that for a minute. Cooperation. It would help us sometimes for us to pause and to say those words that way. Everybody say cooperation. cooperation. Think about that word. I'm cooperating, right? I'm cooperating. Co. Mission, the great commission. Commission. We say it so fast. We don't. So it's it's with. I'm with someone accomplishing something. Let me give you another word. Partnership. Partnership. There are partners. We are together on a journey accomplishing something together. See, here's what I believe. I believe that the, it's a rigged deal. That God puts something in your heart that you can't accomplish alone. You need God and you need other people to do it. Let me give you another term. Okay? Here's the term. And I want to talk about this term today. The actual term is not in the Bible, but the concept is all throughout the Bible. All right, here it is. You guys ready? Here it is. Let's pull it up. Synergy. All right. Oh, pastor sounds new age. 1960s, age of Aquarius. Just hang on. The concept is in the Bible, all right? Everybody say this. What is this word? Synergy, all right? It's a mutual compatibility of different participants or elements. In other words, there's a mutual compatibility. There's a working together to accomplish something. I'll never forget when I, I had this big discussion. My wife and I, we don't fight. We have healthy discussions. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. We, we, and I'll never forget one time when I, we were having this healthy discussion and, and we kind of boiled it down and said, wait, and, and, and basically what it came down to is that I, well, here's what we realized. I need you and you need me. There's something that when you get the reality, see, you're posturing towards people. This is not, I've got a dream, I've got a goal, and I don't care, I don't care who's gonna stand in the way. And no, 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 that's not how it works. Because when you have a dream and you have a goal from God, it includes other people. It includes cooperation. It includes partnership. It includes you working hand in hand and walking together with, with other people. Perhaps you can relate. Perhaps in your home, whether in your marriage. And, 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 and you, by, by the way, you know, let, me, let me tell you what a bad marriage is. It's when two horses are trying to pull a wagon, but both horses are going in the different direction. And the person on the wagon is going, what's up? The kids are going, what's going on? Hey, you're, 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 I mean, they're all suited up. They got the written, all the, but they're, all, they're, they're going this way. Same thing in a business where, where the, 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 the partners in a business, they've got a different vision and, they're, and, they're, and, and there's, there's, they're not working together. They're actually working against one another. Same thing in a church. You can walk in a church and you can feel it when the pastor and the elders and the lead team and the board and all everybody, it's like, what's up? 
You can feel it in a community, in a nation. You can feel it. Why? Because there's something about partnership, cooperation, and synergy. By the way, synergy is a biblical concept. Let me give you a thought. Here it is. You ready? The Godhead. We're Trinitarians at church. We believe in a Trinity. What is the Trinity? Everybody say one God. Say three persons. All right, remember the doxology, right? The doxology, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. All right, here it is. Not three gods, one God, but three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. You talk about synergy among the Godhead. What happens? God the Father honors the Son. What does the Son do? God the Son glorifies the Father. What does the Spirit say? I don't speak on my own, but I'm here to glorify the Son. What does the Son say? It's good that I go away because I'm going to send the Spirit. Do you all see how that works? There's great, there's great synergy and the collaboration among the Godhead. It is a picture of a, of a divine principle. And by the way, people that are not even saved, if they tap into collaboration, cooperation, and teamwork, they can still accomplish great things. Now, it may not ultimately be for God's glory. It may be for their glory, which is short-lived, but they will still accomplish things because there's a principle attached to this. Let me give you a scripture, Ecclesiastes. Here's, here's what Solomon said. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Watch this next verse, verse 10. For if they fall, one will lift up his command. But woe to him who is alone. Woe to the person that says, I can accomplish it. I don't need anybody. The Bible says that's not good. No, that's not good at all. For he has no one to help him up. Look at verse 11. Go to verse 11 if you can. He says, but if, two, but, but if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be made warm? Verse 12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. Uh-oh, goes to another level. And a what? Say it, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I never forget, I was at camp. We were, I went to a camp with my son, and they were talking about the principle of, of, of working together and coming together. And they had this strand of rope, and this one strand of rope, and it was a thin thing. And then they, and then they, 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 they had one other strand, and they put it together. And, 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 and then they put another strand. It is amazing. I'm talking about rope. I'm not talking about a metal chain. You would be shocked. You can Google it this afternoon. The strength of just rope when there's three strands that are twined together. It is amazing. Why is that? It's a biblical principle. When you come together in a collaborative fashion, when a marriage comes together, when a church comes together, when a community comes, when a business, when a team, a sports team, there's something that happens that's so powerful. You see this in nature. God designed it in nature this way. I've been to Northern California a bunch of times and there's actually a camp out there that I've gone with my son a bunch of times. And, and, and you see, and, I, and I've been all, actually been all over California. You, you see these giant redwood trees? How many know what I'm talking about? It's huge. They're just, they're just huge. No, 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 let me just share something. They never grow alone. And the reason why they don't grow is because of the root structure. A redwood tree by itself would fall over. You want to know why? Because if you understand how, how, they're, how they're designed, they, watch this. This is fascinating stuff. The root structure goes into the ground, and it's actually very shallow. So it goes into the ground, and it almost immediately, I mean very quickly, grows this way. And why is that important? Because this redwood tree 
is connected to this root. So now this root structure here intertwines with the root structure of the tree on the right and on the left. And what happens is it's, it, it, if one tree was by itself, the root structure is not deep enough to hold it up against whatever the element. But because it's in a grove, because it's in a forest, because it's together, everybody say together. Because it's together, the strength is in the pack. The strength is in the herd. The strength is in the flock. It's in the growth. There's something about how God designed working together. You see it in a church. The dream team, how people are using their gifts and talents and abilities, and one's doing a small group, and another one's leading and serving some way, and it's awesome, and, and that gift and that talent, one is weak where the other one's strong, and one is strong where the other is weak, and, there's this tremendous symphony. There's a tremendous harmony. There's, there's, there's something that, it's a, it's a beautiful song when you see that. Now, I do want to qualify something. I, I, I want to just say this, that, that men and women absolutely are different. I usually teach on marriage, you know, and I'll be doing a little bit later this year. And I, I just want to prove to you, this is in the Bible. I don't have time to look it up. Let me prove a couple things. You guys ready? A woman, for instance. Well, let me say this, when it comes to money. Men and women are different. A man will spend $2 for a $1 item that he needs. A woman will spend $1 for a $2 item she doesn't need if it's on sale. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's so true. How many of y'all remember Maison Blanche in Metairie? Anybody, anybody live in the South Shore? My mom, I grew up in Metairie. My mom would go to Maison Blanche. May God be my witness, all right? I know a lot of people in the church know her, and she, you, I'm telling you, here, here it is, here it is. It didn't matter how much, if something was full price, she would never buy it. But if it was half off, it was a jacket. I remember in the, this is in the 80s. It's like a $300 jacket, a lot of money. She goes, that's half off, deal, it's yours. I'm like, that's amazing. So many women are different. I don't care what culture says. Let me give you another one. When it comes to the bathroom. A man has six items. Toothbrush, toothpaste, razor, deodorant, soap, and towel. That's it. This is all in the Bible. It's in the book of Leviticus. <laughs> Listen, and, and you're not mature enough for me to tell where it is. Here we go. The average number of items in a women's bathroom, 337. <laughs> Listen, a man would be able to identify no more than 20 of those items. Men and women are different. Here we go. When it comes to arguments, a woman has the last word in any argument. Listen, any, anything a man says after that point, it's a new argument. <laughs> Don't tell me men and women are the same. Are y'all with me? That's fun, but here's the truth. I need my wife and she needs me. Why? We have different perspectives. But when we come together, there's a tremendous harm. There's, there's a tremendous power when you come together. There's synergy. There's partnership. Whether it's in a church, whether it's in a business, whether it's on a team. All right. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. I want to talk to you out of a, maybe it's familiar, maybe it's not a familiar passage of Scripture, but I think it's the best text uh, in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, that I believe highlights the power of partnership, that highlights the power of what can be accomplished when people come together. 
When people are on the same page, when they have one mind, one goal to accomplish something, this is so powerful. Genesis chapter 11. Let me give you the context. Again, the Bible begins, the Bible is divided into Old Testament and New Testament. The very first book in the Old Testament is the book of Genesis. For those of you that are maybe new believers, it's the very first book in the Bible. Genesis chapter 12 is important because that's when we begin, actually at the end of 11, first part of 12, we begin to see the emergence of Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham. He was the father, really, of the Jewish people, the patriarch. Now, why is this important? The beginning of Genesis chapter 11, we come on the stage and something happens in this chapter that is, that is very important. You're going to see it. I'm talking to you today about the power of synergy, the power of partnership, not for the sake of partnership, but for the sake of coming together to accomplish big dreams. For the sake of coming together, not for the sake of coming together, but coming together to accomplish big vision. I believe with all of my heart, God wants to accomplish great things through your life. But you need God, and you need other people to do it. All right, here's the principle. Here we go. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Verse 2. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar as they dwelt there. Verse 3. And then they said to one another, come, let us. Somebody say us. Notice how many times that language is used. Come, let us. Let us. It's used over and over. Come let us. Come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had bricks for a store and they had asphalt for mortar. Look at the next verse. And they said, come let what? Say it. Us. You see the partnership. You see the collaboration. The synergy. Let us. Let us build ourselves. Now their motive was skewed. Their hearts were not to glorify God, but to glorify man. Their motives were off, but their strategy was good. Their motive was off. They wanted to glorify themselves. But the principles are so powerful. They're so powerful in the Bible that if a marriage would get on the same page, if, if, if a friendship, if a small group, if a church, if, 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 if a business, if a community, it's so powerful. Watch what God says. God says this. This is amazing. Watch. Come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Wrong motive, but watch. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Look at this next verse. But the Lord came down to sick. So God checks out and goes, whoa, what's going on down there? Watch this. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons and men had built. Look at verse six. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are what? Say it. They're one. The power of synergy. The power of unity. The power of creative collaboration. The power of partnership. And they were one. And they've got one language. And this is what they began to do. God says that. Here's what God said. This is God's opinion about the power of this. God's opinion. Here's what he says. You ready? He says, now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. That's God's opinion. That's not my opinion. God says when, when a people come together 
When, 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 in a marriage, and again, I, I didn't do a marriage series per se. I'll, I'll be doing some more teaching later this year. Sometimes I'll do one now and, and, and sometimes a little bit later in the year. But, 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 but here's the point. When a husband and a wife, those of you that are married, when you get on the same page, and I'm going to talk about perspectives in just a moment, but when you get on the same page in a business, when, when the, the, the leadership team gets on the same page, when a church gets on the same page, when a community gets on the same, doesn't mean we don't have different perspectives, but we come together and we get on the same page for the task, for the goal, for the vision, what we're called to build together. God says nothing, nothing will be withheld from them. Now watch, look at verse seven. A couple more verses. Come, God says, come let us. By the way, remember what I told you? The, the harmony within the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You see Genesis chapter one. God the Creator speaks. God the Father speaks. God the Son is the spoken word. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the face of the earth. This is a partnership all through the Bible. One God, three distinct persons. There's a harmony. There's a synergy among the Godhead. Let us. Who's he talking to? Let us. There's a, there's, a, there's a divine synergy among the God. Let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Look at this next verse. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over all the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Now watch this last verse. Verse 9 says this. Therefore, its name is called what? Say it. Babel. Because the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. Let me pause there just for a moment. I'm going to come back to this. <clears throat> Babel. What city is named after this? Anybody know? What is it? Babylon. Do you know what the name Babylon means? The city of man. I want you to think about this for a moment. The city of man. Does anybody know what this? Uh, there's another name, Jerusalem. Does anybody know what this Jerusalem means? Look this up. Not while I'm preaching. God will show, show me if you're looking at anything. But anyway, here it is. Babylon means the city of man. Jerusalem means the city of God. By the way, God scattered the language in God scattered the language in Genesis chapter 11. Do you know the next time in the Bible, in the recorded history in the Bible, do you know the next time the language came together? You know what it was? Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out. By the way, we're going to talk about supernatural unity that comes through the Holy Spirit. In the end of the day, in the end of the day, we have such an advantage because of the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Marriages have an advantage. Godly men and women that are building anything because we're not operating alone. We've got the Spirit of God on the inside of us. He says, so I, I confuse the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scatter the people all over the face of the earth. I wanna talk to you about three principles to achieve your God-sized vision. Let's start. Number one, straight out of this, straight out of this uh this, this story here, very, very powerful. Number one, live with one vision and one purpose. If you want to build a great marriage, if you want to build a great business, if you want to build a great church, if you want to build a great nation, listen, there's something about you want to build a team, live with one vision and one purpose. Genesis chapter 11, verse 4, come let us build ourselves, they knew, a city and a tower whose top, in other words, they had a singular vision. They had a singular purpose. You know, our English language came from, primary, a lot of it from the Latin language. And many of you studied Latin in school. I did some of that. And, and so when you look, 
It's called etymology. When you look at the study of language and you understand the derivation of where words come from, you have to pause in the English language and go, okay, okay, now where, okay, so that came from, okay, think about this for a moment. So, so for instance, in the English language, the word, we say it real fast. You guys ready? Here it is, division. Now let's pause and say it. Let's, let's, let's separate it the way that actually it's supposed to be separated. So there's two words, all right? Die and vision. Two, the Latin word die means what? Say it. Two. Remember when you were little kids and you wrote a, 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 a something that had three wheels? It was called a what? A tri. That's the Latin word, which means what? Three. Quad means four. Penta means five. That's all Latin terms. That's what that is. So division means two visions. So when there is, quote, division in the home, guess what? There's two visions. Are y'all with me? When there's two visions in a there's two visions in a business. When there's division, division's not good. It means there's not one vision. They they said, let us build a city, let us build a tower. There wasn't two cities and there wasn't two towers. Are y'all with me? Something about corporate vision, but we have to understand corp, the corporate nature of vision doesn't mean that there's a whole bunch of visions. There's still one vision. Genesis chapter 29. I'll say it one more time. Genesis, if you can pull that up. Here's what it says. Without a vision, without a what? Vision, the people are unrestrained. In other words, the people cast off right when there's When there's division, think about it in a home. Kid comes up to you. Mom, can I go to uh, such and such? Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I, gosh, I don't think so. No, I, I really don't want you to do that. And uh, you can talk to your dad, but I, I don't. I don't uh. Dad, can I go do this? Mom says it's cool. She asked me, what do you think? <laughs> I know you're holy. You never did that as a kid, but how many of your kids have ever done that? Are y'all with me? That's called what? Everybody say that's called what? Division. You can see that in a church. You can see that. Matter of fact, we had a great elders meeting this week, which I was so excited about. I mean, these are strong leaders, too. Man. These guys are serious. And, they have, and by the way, listen, they can have, you can have unique perspectives, but when you walk out, you have one vision. Moms and dads, you, you have unique perspectives, right? But when you walk out of your bedroom with the kids, you've got one vision. Does that make sense? Because kids have radar. They can pick that up. They can sense the cracks. Are you with me? So we have one vision. Now, let me give you an example. Our South Shore campus, who's, we were so excited about our South. Two weeks ago, they had over 1,000 people. Uh, come on, can we give it up for all the South Shore folks? Come on. So excited to have you guys right now. So we've got 250 seats. There's four services, Saturday at 5, Sunday 8, 9.30, 11.30. So here's the deal. We're believing God for a permanent location over there. We're believing so we get 800 or 1,000 seats so we can have not 1,000, but 3,000 people. How many of y'all believe it's God's will for the South Shore campus to grow, to expand, and to reach and build people for Christ? We believe that. Well, let me tell you something. The South Shore, it's, it's this, the vision that we have is everybody say reaching people and say building lives. 18 years ago when the Church of the King started, we had one vision. It's not two visions. It's not three visions. Matter of fact, somebody came back recently. It was part of our church in the beginning. Here's what they said. Pastor, y'all are doing the same stuff that we were doing in the beginning. I took that as a tremendous compliment. Meaning that 
we're still winning souls and we're still making disciples. We still wanna see people come to Christ and we wanna still see people disciple. How many of you know, listen, you can't improve on the Great Commission. We're not trying to make them, what's the latest revelation? No, 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 no. It's winning people to Jesus and making disciples. We don't wanna get fancy. Everybody say one vision. By the way, the South Shore Vision doesn't have a different vision than the, North, the, the, the Little Creek. Our Biloxi campus, they don't have, it's not Pastor Jeremy goes, hey, we're just going to have service, you know, every now and then we're going to go to the beach. <laughs> Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. No, it's, it's every, the, the South Shore campus, one vision. It's reaching people, building lives. And then we're excited about our St. Charles campus that finally this summer, by the grace of God, it has been a three-year journey to get permits. It is like, man, it's been a long time. But we're so excited that, that, that finally we're gonna be able to start at a whole nother level of renovations. Here's the reason. Because we know that there's people in New Orleans in that whole area that need the vision of reaching people, building lives. They need a church with that vision down there. We know that. Just like the North Shore, just like Jefferson Parish, just like Orleans Parish, just like uh, Biloxi. We, we know that. But our campuses don't have different visions. It's not four visions. It's one vision. Husbands and wife, let's have one vision for the family, one vision for them. You can have unique perspectives, but when you walk out of your bedroom, it's one vision. All right? Number two, the second thing that we see here. But let me just share this. I want to just share an aside because I, I want to just do just one little thing here. Where does intimacy and where does intimacy come from? I want this is just a little aside here in relationship. Let me tell you where intimacy comes from. Intimacy comes in relationship, not from seeking intimacy, but for shared purpose. It's not. Let's be intimate. <laughs> let me tell. You, let me tell. You, let me let me tell you how you get close to people. You do things together. You build things together. You dream together. You are y'all with me? You go to you're in a hunting camp. Hey, when are we gonna go do the food plots? Hey, we're gonna get together. Hey, you're in a garden club. Hey, in other words, you do, when you do listen and you wake up one day. The closest friends in the world are people that I were in this small group with 30 years ago. We were Doug and I, Pastor Doug Arman, who's on our staff. I was in his, his Bible study. We were winning souls and making disciples. We were leading people to Christ. And, and you wake up and say, man, we've gotten close. Why have we gotten close? Because we've built something together. We've done something together. We, and, and so intimacy is a byproduct of shared singular purpose. Does that make sense? So important that we understand that. I got so much to say on that. By the way, let me just say this to couples. That's why the vision for your family includes raising kids if you were able to have children, but it has to go beyond just raising kids. Because if not, you turn 50 and go, I don't even like you anyway. <laughs> Are y'all with me? So obviously, I have four children. It includes children, but you better dream beyond the kids. Are y'all with me? Well, I'm just, my whole vision is just to have grandkids. What happens when they move to Texas? Whatever. So, so it's got to be, it's, it's, we are building something together. It includes that. It includes that, but it even goes beyond that, all right? All right, number two. Man, I got a lot to say on that point, but I got to go on. Here we go. Number two, the second thing I want to say is this. We've got to learn to speak one language. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Watch this. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech. Language is important. Division is evidenced by a division in language. 
Something that happens. We reinforce the vision through language. That's why years ago, I, I heard a guy say, put the vision. If you can write the vision, you should write it on the front of a T-shirt. Reaching people, building lives. That's what Church of the King's about. Man, what are they out about over there? It's reaching people. I remember one time this guy told me this. He goes, I know what y'all are, out. I know what y'all are about over that church. Y'all are just trying to win souls and see people come to Christ and just get them all in little groups and get them discipled. You kind of pegged it. <laughs> That's a good thing. Are you with me? Language is so important. Listen to me closely. You can have different perspectives, but when you speak, you need to have one voice. Does that make sense? I'm gonna go back to the home. You can have different perspectives, husbands and wives, but the kids need to hear one voice because they can pick up a crack. They can see in the same thing in a church, we can have different, our elders meeting this week, I mean, these are strong guys. My, yeah, strong guys. And there's different perspectives. But when we walk out from that, we're gonna have one, we don't have nine voices, we have one voice. Are y'all with me? In business, you can have unique perspectives, but do the employees hear one voice, one sound coming out? When you're on a team, listen, you can have unique perspectives and gifts and talents and abilities, but language is important because language either solidifies or it evidences that there is a division somewhere. Language is so critical to this, so important. That's why reaching people, building lives is, is so critical. When we don't have, I wrote this down, when we don't have one language, one voice, of where we're going, what the vision is about. There's fragmentation and strife multiplies and chaos is the result. That's why for our family, Jennifer and I, we write down at the end of the year, we write down, here's where we're going. This is what our family's about, which includes raising children, which includes, but we wanna glorify God. And then we begin to write down, this is our mission for our family. This is the vision for our family. And we've got one voice and we tell it to our kids and we tell those around us. And that's why the church, and that's why anything that you're building, one voice, one language. Number three, and we'll close. Pursue one set of shared goals. One set. I'm talking about corporate vision here. I'm not talking about your goals for the year where you're going to exercise by yourself. I'm talking about corporate. Corporate, which, by the way, the overwhelming majority of our things in our heart, there's a corporate nature to it. Listen to this. Genesis 11, verse 3. Then he said, come, let us. Everybody say us. Let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. You guys ever seen that, um, those movies those, where they're building these big pyramids? And as they're building these big pyramids, and you go all the way back, this is before trucks and cars and all this stuff. You go all the way back, watch this, follow with me. I got just a couple minutes, stay with me. You go all the way back, there's one person that's making these bricks or these, these, these whatever they are. And, and they've got maybe a, a kiln, a hot thing, and they're, they're making this mud, and they're putting it together and thatch and all this stuff. And, and, then, and then watch this. And then after, and after that brick's made, don't miss this, then they hand it to somebody else. And that person takes the brick, and then they hand it to somebody else. And, and then it finally gets to the pyramid. It's like, and, and what you realize is it's everybody working together with one set of 
It's one vision. What's the vision? We're going to build this. What's the language? We're all working together. The goals, you do this, and then this, and then we do this, and then this. There's a, there's a clarity of intention. There's a shared set of goals. By the way, every one of our campuses, there's one growth track. There's one way that we process people as they come into the church of the king. There's one way. Step one, step two, step three, step four. They're not different. There's one set. There's one set. That's what they are. Why is that important? It's important so that there's not a confusion. There's, a, there's, a, there's one DNA of church king. There's one vision, but there's one set of goals. By the way, next week, we have step one. Everybody say step one. If you've not been through step I teach it here at the Little Creek campus. The campus pastors at each one of the campuses teach it right after the, this service, 1130 service. I'll be in the annex next week, and we'd, I'd love to have 200 people in there. And I'll teach. It's one hour long. It's what our church is about, where, we, where we're going, and how to get involved in the church. And then the following, there's the following Sunday is step two, and then step three. And so why is this important? Because there's a, there's a coherent system of goals that we all share. And when we understand what to do, we all get on the same page. You know, my wife and I have a date, lunch, on Mondays. We have a goal. What is my goal? My goal is to improve in intimacy in my relationship with my spouse. So what I do, I have something that is set and we share that goal together and we don't budge off of that. Something about that. Everybody say, one vision. Say, one voice. Say, one set of goals. When you understand that question, the people that you're building with, do they understand the vision? Does your spouse understand the vision? Husbands and wives, some of you need to sit down and say, hey, where are we going with this thing? What is our marriage about? What's the purpose of it? Yes, to raise children. But what if you can't have children? What if a child passes away early? Do you have any more purpose for that marriage? You should. Why did God bring you together? What's the unique characteristics that God has deposited in you, that God has called you together to build something for the glory of God? I'll share this last verse, Genesis 11, 4. Watch this. Let us make a name for ourselves. This is the tragedy. Let us make a name for ourselves. Anything we build as believers shouldn't be about making a name for ourselves. It should be to bring glory to God. Why do you want to raise great kids? To glorify God. Why do you want to have a great marriage? To glorify God. Why do you want to build a great church? To glorify God. Why do you want to build a great business? To glorify God. Why do you want to be whatever it is? A God-given vision. Is God given, and it's about God giving it and God being glorified. And that motivation is right. It's not about us, but it's about Him. It's about people saying there's something different. What you build, how you build, the way you build, man, it glorifies God. There's so, I, I, I want to know more about your God. When somebody looks at your life, what do they say? When somebody looks at what you're building, what do they say? Hopefully they say, what is it about you? something different about you. And you can say, it's God. It's God. How many of y'all want that said about you? Come on, anybody? I want that said about me. I want you guys to stand up.